All right, that's our new musical theme for season two of the Wheelhouse podcast. Uh, we haven't invested in the music budget, obviously, Catherine, but we'll work on that. Welcome to 2024. Welcome to episode one, series two of the Wheelhouse podcast. And thusly with a cowbell, here we are. <laughs> right. It's the nearest noise-making object I could find. Well, I actually think that one came from the Tour Down Under. It did, yeah. Uh, so it's very on brand. Well done. Perfect. Um, perfect way to make some noise at a bike race. And also, it's the thing that you don't really want to bring home and leave anywhere near the children. It'll yeah. drive you crazy. Yeah, That's I'd why it's in here on the desk. You, you'll be able to speak <laughs> to this too. I feel like an elite cyclist would be driven crazy by it too because they tend to go off at the bottom of massive climbs a lot. So yes. it's like a herald of this is the, you're going to be in intense, excruciating pain uh, for an <laughs> it's undefined a bit annoying, period. But when you're in the zone, yeah. it's... I'm sure there's some kind of technical term for it, but I'm just going to call it um, race deafness. Okay. You just, it's all kind of noise, white noisy. You tend not to hear specific things other than just noise. The battle calm washes over you. Okay. We need to find a word for that. I'm sure the Germans have a word for it. They have a word for nearly everything, like really specifically. Yeah. Race come, Stein. Okay. Uh, my name's Joel Spreadborough, and it's a pleasure to be back in the bunker for the first time in 2024. Catherine Bates, you've been busy. You had a little bit of a holiday wedged Jeez. in there somewhere, I'm sure. Yes, or? yes. Um, determined to ride our bicycles. Uh, the first time I jumped on mine, my Australian battery was flat. <laughs> uh, I didn't need to laugh. I was in such a hurry to get out the door yeah. that I had gone far and late enough to where I was going. I'd gone far enough that I didn't have time to go back and get it. I mean, that's assuming I even knew where it was Yes, on the charger somewhere. Uh, and my tyres were far less inflated than would be ideal. Um, on the next jaunt out on the bike, Paul Merksey's um, DI2 was flat. Oh. And so what that tells me is we're not riding enough. Uh, but then we got that all up to date and... Did you ride Got again? Got back on track. Oh, yes, good. Okay. We did. Enjoyed it, the uh, the charged electronic yeah. gears. <laughs> it just would have been a tragic ending if you said we. So we went home and charged it all up, got it all ready, but then we didn't ride again. But no. at least you got to use it when fully charged. Yes, and Santa did get me some uh, some new mountain bike shoes from Bike Bug. I have a feeling they were from Bike Bug. Fantastic. Uh, but they're too small, and that is my fault uh, because Merksy checked the sizing of my old shoes. And I hadn't told him that they squish my feet so badly um, that they come out feeling like a block of steak. So he went for right. the same size. So that's my bad. So and, we're and yet to, <laughs> to swap them, but we will. A block of steak on the feet, block, mm. a block of uh, steak down the necks, down, blocks of steak. Down the strides. Everywhere. How yeah. about you? Did you get on the bike over Christmas? I did. And I've got a new spirit animal as a result of my riding over Christmas. It's the sloth. And oh. I've got one on my wrist right now. I want to give a shout out to Ellen uh, for providing this for me. Yes. Uh, this yeah. is my new, um, I'm going to wear it as often as possible. I have a jersey with a sloth on it. Yeah, you do. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, the sloth has a cup of coffee in its hand, so it's a little bit mixed messages. But, <laughs> you know. I went to Stradbroke Island for a little holiday I'm in Jerobar with my wife, my lovely wife, Lee, celebrating five years of, of marriage. Congratulations. And thank you. It was lovely. We hired bikes. Uh, and then we realised we were staying right at the top uh, of Point Lookout, uh, biggest hill on the island, basically. So I had to ride up a three-part ha- hill of pain to get to our <laughs> house, house every day. And as I was doing this, I realised the bike was quite rickety, quite rusty, quite all over the shop. So I ended up having words 
with the guy in the <laughs> friendly words with the guy in the hiring shop when I took it back, saying I'm not sure this is safe. And then my friend that was with us said, "Are you sure it's not just because?" You've got the shits because you had to ride up that hill every day. <laughs> and the bike's actually okay. So a little bit from column A. Yeah, column A, column B. Column B. Yeah. But it was good to get on a bike, not my own bike, and do that. We also went to beautiful Stanthorpe and rode a bike there as well. Oh, very nice. And went down to Coffs Harbour. And, and guess what? Rode a bike there as well. So three bike rides that weren't on my own bike were all thoroughly enjoyed. Very good. Well, I went to Ballarat for the Nationals and watched a lot of people ride bikes. Yes. Well, dive into that a bit later but that was good i always whenever i go there though i miss my bike yeah i always think ah i get that now mm. i genuinely do we're going to talk about the 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 nationals of course also the tour down under is upon us adelaide lights up uh going to preview that as well and also some news around the tour to france a big name brand making its way into the sport of cycling if you're a formula one fan or indeed an extreme sport fan you're going to be uh, familiar with this brand We'll talk about it. It might just give you wings. I don't know. I've never experienced <laughs> that. Uh, some new names, some new jerseys to look out for in the peloton as well. So, on that note, welcome back. It is Series 2, bigger and better than ever. A very big hello to our man, Merksy, who is looking fantastic. Merksy, please cut to yourself, so the, give the people what they want. Have a look at that haircut. You like it? It's I fresh. love it. It's very short. Yes. First time I've been to a barber in 10 years. You've oh, yeah. both had haircuts. And you've both significantly reduced your beards without completely going smooth. Well, yeah. it's series two. You've got to freshen up. Yeah. Yeah, new look. Yeah. New, new direction for the character. Oh, I mean, I shaved my entire beard off. <laughs> I actually, this is, I'm not even joking. And Lee, if you're listening, will we'll shake her fist hearing this. Um, I pretty much clogged our sink shaving off my holiday beard. That's nice. Um, had needed a, a Drano, needed a, a dose of Drano. Such was the density of the hair. It was a record beard for me. So just thought I'd throw that into a cycling podcast because you never know what topic <laughs> will hit. You just never know. So welcome back, everyone. I'm here with the haircut. Kate's here smiling. Merksy's in the studio. Uh, let's get into it with some news around the Tour de France and reconnaissance missions featuring none other than our favourite pizza boy, Remco Evanapelli. He's not only going there... He's mapping it out inch by inch. He's taking it very, very seriously, Kate. Yeah, he is. I mean, the world was so excited, the cycling world, when they heard that Remco would be riding the Tour de France. Uh, but now he's reconning stages. So he's not just riding it, but he's getting in early uh, to make sure that the stages that he thinks will be critical for overall success, he can be very familiar with and also train for. Cool. Um, and I think that that kind of specialisation shows a fair amount of intent. How's he doing this? Is he just dri is he riding around? Is he driving around? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty cold conditions over there at the mm. moment. But yeah, he's riding and and driving well. um, and mapping it. I think they use VeloViewer, so they literally GPS map every part of it because then you can put it into virtual software. Uh, and use it on a smart trainer and ride. Like yep. that's one really cool way to do it. Um, but also you can then find other training routes that are similar to it yeah. to do very specific training. So one um, one question that might seem an obvious one, but why is every team not doing this? Oh, I mean, there's a combination of budget. There's a yep. combination of – there's. I mean, the, the people who think they can win GC are doing it. Mm. But there's a lot less application for the riders who could definitely win stages at the Tour, but they're not 
necessarily it's more opportunistic rather than the exact course Mm -hmm. but when you've got to be 21 days on you can't afford to make a mistake I mean we saw what happened at um, at the Vuelta when Remco had a bad day like you have a bad day you're done done and so they have to kind of mitigate risk around everything but I think that he'll be really looking to kind of dominate in the time trials and conserve in the mountains okay because Vingago is going to be incredibly difficult to beat in mountains, as is Pogaccia. And so the more that he can gain potentially in the time trials early on, yep. I think that'll put him in in a better position to be a little bit more aggressive uh, throughout the race. He's so. spoken a lot about the uh, the riders he's up against, not just the ones ahead of him, but the ones nipping at his heels. So I think this is a very early indication of just how seriously... Remco is taking his 2024. We'll see I, what happens. Honestly, I think that the it'll be a mental game mm. between Evenepoel and Vingago and Pogaccia. Yep. It's really going to be who can hang in there, who's the toughest. When it gets tough, and it will, who can kind of rally against it. Yeah, uh, Merxy. I don't reckon he'll make the podium. You're not tipping him for it. What about a top 10? Mm. Top 10. Top 10, GC, it, it, but no podium. Interesting. I tend to agree, Merxy, yeah, because... Yeah. I think he's got the talent to win a tour, but I don't think he's there yet. Mm-hmm. It, because he stretches himself too oh, thin over the year? or I because just think that he hasn't really yet shown us that he won't have bad days, yeah. like quite bad days. I mean, before Cadell Evans won his Tour de France, his first pink jersey at the Giro, I think he lost like 10 minutes while Mm. wearing the pink jersey. It wasn't just like a slightly bad day. It was a catastrophically bad day. (laughs) And that's often when you, what you see from these guys when they're on their way. But we're also talking about a Tour de France that won't be easy. It's not like, you know, if they can protect him, you can't protect someone from Pogaccia and Vigago and Roglic Mm -hmm. as well. Gosh, you almost forget him now that he's over at Bora. Like he's just another team again, to go on the aggressive um, kind of strategy. So to enter our, our big big three, big four, big, yeah. let's just say a big dozen. But, I mean, he's so tremendously talented, so I think it's a matter of time. But yep, not this year. No. You heard it here first. Wheelhouse podcast, <laughs> early tips are in. And all we're saying about the tour at this stage is that Remco Evanapol will not be on the podium. <laughs> well, no, that look, that's what we think, but he's certainly giving it a red-hot crack. Yeah, look. All the best to him. Yes. Speaking of giving it We've red We've got hot. another six months to talk about it. Too. Oh, look, hey, <laughs> let's get in early. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> talk about the tour. Let's bring it back to Australia. Let's jump on the wheelhouse jumbo. Uh, we've upgraded to a jumbo jet over the yeah. Christmas as well, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Kate, you've been busy. You've been down in Ballarat looking at the road nationals and doing a fine job of it, as always. Um, now, let's just let's start off. Um, we'll go through some of those results, what we saw what we liked, but obviously mm. some very sad, very sad news leading into the event um, that you marked ahead of the women's race in Ballarat. And I, I refer, of course, to the tragic um, and bewildering the passing of uh, Mel Hoskins. So tributes flowing, of course, right across the cycling world. And that was on every rider's mind, of course, at the Nationals. Yeah, it, I think it was a hard start to the year and certainly the riders turned up with a lot more on their mind. Normally you start a new year and it's almost like a chance to just move on from from the crap. Didn't quite happen this year. Um, we lost Melissa Hoskins over um, the new year. 
uh, on New Year's Eve. And, uh, yeah, tremendous loss for the Australian cycling community. She was just one of the most wonderful people, Joel. Mm. Uh, we used to call her Smelly. And she was known mostly for her positivity. And people often used her as almost the go-between, um, the mediator, because she had the ability to really read the room and read everybody's mood and find a way through it. But um, she was a very good dancer too. She did try to teach me how to shuffle. Have you? Can you shuffle? <laughs> Kate. I know, okay. I, and she what, tried and she made it look so easy and yeah. I've never felt so old in my life. Um, I think there's about eight years age gap, but I felt yeah. like I was 20 years older than her. Uh, but yeah, look, it's it's a pretty hard thing to process for yeah. everybody, but it was a real honour. I got to give um, the memorial speech um, mm. leading into the one minute silence, uh, which was really beautiful. And I'm glad I was cycling did that. Of course. And I can tell you, I've never heard such silence um, in one of those moments, there wasn't a whisper. Um, so it was pretty powerful. Yeah, a, a incredibly shattering news that was for the entire Australian cycling family. So credit to you for getting up and, and performing that, Kate, because that cannot have been easy, but beautifully, sensitively done, of course. And the thoughts of the wheelhouse and the condolences of the wheelhouse, the entire family go out uh, to Melissa's family, friends, and anyone who had anything to do uh, with that shining light extinguished far too soon. The racing did get underway uh, as well, though, Kate. A couple of familiar names performing admirably, uh, as we like to see on the wheelhouse. A couple of our favourites in the time trial, especially. A couple of big returns as well. Yes. Who did you like the most in the women's? What, what, what got you going? You know what? Hmm. This is going to be a big year for X. Uh, Ruby, Ruby Roseman Gannon. Yep. She won the Criterium and she won the road race in the Elite Women. And uh, I was standing uh, on the in the media zone just afterwards talking to um, some people in the high performance uh, team at Oz Cycling. Uh, and I said, I think she can be on the podium in Paris in the road race wow. at the Olympics. Um, and then I said to them, I also feel quite good about this because a couple of years ago, at the first ever women's Paris-Roubaix, I said on SBS, on television, uh, I think Ruby Roseman Gannon can be our first Australian winner of this race. Oh, look, I got some plum responses <laughs> on social media, let me tell you. Uh, people didn't agree with me. And I thought, oh, do you know more about this athlete than we do? I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but it felt like a little moment of validation because I suppose when you're in our position, you're around the sport for a long time. You see a lot behind the scenes and from the media side of things, often you do, there is an undercurrent of you seeing the full picture of an athlete far more than these little stories that get put out. Yeah. And so I've thought for years that she will be potentially the best road rider Australia's ever had. Wow. Okay. Um, and also not just because of her talent, but also because of opportunity. Yeah. Right, because we've had so much talent in the past. One I can think of is Anna Millwood, Anna Wilson. Yeah. Gosh, she did tremendous things. And Anoni Wood, she was world number one for a while yeah. on the road. But they didn't have a tour de France. They didn't have the same opportunities. And so their ability to create a career and to really thrive was quite different to what it is now. And uh, and I see that with, with Ruby. She's an incredibly smart bike racer. Physiologically, she just is so capable across different strengths. Mm -hmm. She's not a climber, but she can climb really well, especially at her own pace. She's not a pure sprinter, but by goodness, she can outkick 
the best sprinters given the right course. She's also proven herself really well as a domestique, yep. um, kind of cutting her teeth in Europe. So, But now speaking of, and while we're talking about impressive rides. Yes, please. In second was Loretta Hansen. Um, I don't think many people know, but in 1981, her mother, Heather Kelson it was at the time, was the Australian women's road race champion. Okay. And to my knowledge, Loretta is the first next generation from a female rider. The mother-daughter connection. Wow. So she got second and I've got to say I kind of willed her to win. And the reason I thought that is because I thought Ruby's going to have a million chances of victory. Um, Loretta does so much work in Europe as a domestique. I felt like this is her moment. And look, it didn't quite work out for her, but... The reason that her mother didn't continue um, to the Olympics, it was 1981, there were just no opportunities. Mm, so mm. she went into nursing. She's still an intensive care nurse and had a wonderful career, but she just didn't really have the ability yeah. to have a family, contribute economically and ride a bike. And, and so I love that. Oh, that's fa- It's fantastic. It's lovely when you hear that real family, that personal connection. We speak a lot yeah. about these trailblazers, these these... These women and men that it's we're going 60s, 70s, 80s, who inspired this crop that's coming through, particularly that under 23, that sort of young crop over the last few years. There's been some real prodigies, some real potential. And I love you talking about Ruby yeah. Rose like that because to see her go toe-to-toe with some of those prodigies coming out of Europe is oh, going to be enthralling. She's so good. She's so viewing. talented. I, I really genuinely think at the Olympics um, she's got a really great chance if they – picker in the team Um, but one of the reasons is because the field is really small like at the world championships Australia can have six or seven riders depending on uh, continental qualifiers at the Olympics it's three to four so the field size is half what Mm. it normally is the teams don't have the ability to stack six riders on the front and ride for one other and the with the dynamics so different it often open opens doors and opportunities that's how Sarah Carrigan won yep if it was just six Aussies up against the Germans and the, the Dutch, like I don't know that she would have had as good a chance. So, okay. yeah. Ruby Rose's biggest European <laughs> we're rival. Making, it's January. Oh, it and we're matter. making some really big predictions. Oh, it's huge. We've already mid pick, to end year. We've already mm. picked two podiums. <laughs> yeah, how one do you like that? One vacant podium, but one occupied podium yeah. so far. Ruby Rose, really quickly, 10 years. Who's the biggest opponent? Biggest European opponent from a similar crop, riders that are coming through and doing incredible things. To Roseman Gannon. Yeah. I I mean, she's been around for a, a long time, but still very, very young. I would say Alyssa Balsamo. Okay. Um, she won as a first-year senior the World Championships. Yeah. Uh, right time, right place, heck of an engine. Yeah. I think they're similar riders that might go toe-to-toe. Podium. I think watch this space on anybody with the surname Backstead. Okay. Um, yeah. Right. You know, there's, <laughs> there's a bit of slaying going on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, her mum, Megan, was not quite the level uh, that of national road champion, but she was also pretty good. So that's another mother-daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that would be kind of cool story, Look at the it? symmetry coming oh, in on uh, Series it. 2, and Episode 1. Well, it's – I'm headed off with the women because the women's race was really interesting. Yeah. Like, really good to watch. Sarah G as well, uh, a friend oh, of the show. Oh, yeah, Giggles is back. Yeah. Um, Sarah Gigante. Now, she got the QOM, but she was a bit frustrated, I think, at the end because she has such high standards of herself. Yeah. And I know that 
because she's starting to feel better and she's healthy again and she's strong again and she's been slaying it at Mount Buffalo that she would have liked to be able to distance them on the climb. But Jaco, Liv Jaco Alula, they just had numbers mm-hmm. and it was a numbers game and so it was a little bit tough um, for Sarah. But I was so excited to see her back. Yeah. Like crazy excited. And you know who else was? The Couch Peloton because the internet <laughs> loves Sarah Gigante. Yeah, like loves <laughs> her. It, it's just like a cult following. It's quite cool actually. Yeah. Did you, you, yeah. you caught up? You have a chat? You I did. Merry I Christmas. had a little chat to her at the end. I apologised again to her mum. Sorry to bring it up. Uh, I, just, I just wanted to know if, if that, that, so that did come up face It did. Face. Yes, yeah. I ruined Christmas. But what <laughs> we did. <laughs> you didn't ruin Christmas. Oh, no, <laughs> before, uh, <laughs> before Christmas and after I realised I'd spoilt the surprise. Yeah. I sent them <laughs> like a bag of goodies Excellent. from Chicks Who Ride Bikes and yep. from the new Llama app. So I sent them some tote bags and water bottles and stuff. Wheelhouse chamois? As a thank you anyway. Yeah. yeah. Wheelhouse chamois. Oh. Wheelhouse rib fillet for the chamois. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Yeah. Like good, good. big, big uh, slab of it. From Costco. Perfect. No. <laughs> That'll cover you. That'll cover you on any climb. Yeah. Okay, let's have a look at the men. Now we spoke about yeah. the, the plap trap, falling into the plap trap. Mm. And, and that's happened again at the Nationals. But you had a, a little bit of a gripe when it came to the men. Now, I'm not going to say that their spirit animals were sloths as oh, well, but it might have no. seemed a little bit that way at the end. It was a long race for the tactics that were used. So they went out very early and very aggressive. Field split to absolute smithereens. Uh, we had some really great performances trying to bridge gaps, trying to force early breaks, like Sam Wellsford was um, one. Now, he at one point came through the start-finish line after he'd been jettisoned from the break, um, like tapping his legs and giving like an explosion mm-hmm. sign with his hands. Okay, sure. uh, so that was pretty clear. But I loved that on a course that wouldn't necessarily normally suit him, he had such a go. But essentially, it was the Jacob Alula show. Uh, they went one, two, three. Yeah. Plappy, Harper, O'Brien. It was it was great. And on one hand, Joel, this incredible show of dominance, uh, there's kind of a narrative around the jersey's back, right? Almost like it belongs with Jaco Alula, live Jaco Alula. And this is oh, – I like this because it used to be seen as the Aussie team. And then it, I feel like it kind of mm. got lost in the wilderness in the – middle where we had a lot of foreign riders which were amazing and so so great to watch but it lost to a degree I think lost for Aussie Australia. fans yep. the real Australia yeah and I feel like that's back okay I really do and they actually um, announced that they've got a few signings for next year with Hamish McKenzie and Will Eves like these huge talents we, Hamish is a yeah we love Hamish he's watch. such yep. a big talent they've signing them for next year so it's great it's like all the big talents Bring coming it back. back to Australia uh, hello Mercy. That's all great, but can we talk about the finish? Yes. It's just as boring as the last 100k, sorry. Yes, well, let's get to that. So, in the end, for the last four, 12 laps from memory, yeah, it was Luke Plapp and Chris Harper. Luke Plapp and Chris Harper. And at different times, they looked under varying degrees of strain, but never too never much, Never fully to be pushing it. I mean, okay. Luke Plapp, every single lap... Um, I was on the presentation stage with Jethro Nagel, um, like gave us a little hat tip or a smile or a little wiggle. And by every the end, lap. every lap, by the end, we were like, okay, he's just showing off now. Mm. Like, come on. It's like a training ride. <laughs> it was like a training yeah. ride. But 
here's where the contention comes in, right? So I had a microphone in my hand for five hours, Joel. So mm, I was asking the out. hard questions. Yeah. And I said at the time, with a couple of laps to go, will they race each other? Will it be predetermined who wins this? No. And what do we think? No, not like you that. You know. You're kidding. Well, I was of the view at the time that I really wanted to see them essentially attack each other. And if they weren't into that, definitely sprint for the end. Even if you can look at Harper and Plapp and go, well, that's kind of not a fair race in a sprint. Don't care. Wanted to see it. Wanted to see some action left, right and centre. to see a race, yeah. But then Jethro was like, ah, no, I just, I want Plapp to go three in a row. I think that's a piece of history. That's what I want to see. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, what is better for the sport? What's the right thing here? I'm of the. I wanted to see them race. I mean, what do you think? Competition, competition. At that level, it's you know for the team. Platt's making history by having three. He likely would have won the sprint anyway. You still have to earn it, though, don't you? You still have to actually accomplish it. Yeah. Like, look, I'd love to ask Lucas. I'd love to say that accolade. If that's staring you in the face, you, do you want to earn it or do you want it given to you? Mm. Well, when he you was, look back later, he was the fifth Australian to ever do, uh, to ever have three national championships. Yeah. Russell Mockridge, come on now, um, mm. Ray Bilney, John Trevorrow, and Robbie McEwen, mm. um, and Mockridge and Trevorrow also did the hat trick. Okay. So Hubert Opperman is the only one who's won more. He's won four. So he's in a pretty... It's esteemed company. It is. Yeah. It really is. names, they are. So I understand even from a team perspective that that's a really great piece of history for the team to own. Yeah. But... Sure, but still. And so what they did is they... We saw on the coverage vision, uh, it was on SBS, that they went back to the team car with about a K and a half to go, had a little celebration with uh, Machu Heyman. Machu, yeah. Um, who was... DSing it in the car, had yep. a bit of a chat, a bit little fist pumps between them all. And then when they came into the start finish, they both crossed, like Harper sort of pushed Platt forward. No. And then he crossed his, li- his arm, the line with his arms in the air, and then Harper shortly thereafter. So the push like forward meter. was an obvious, okay, like. Yeah, that. I mean, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah there was oh no dear. contest, there was no sprint, there was no. No, they didn't race in. They rolled in and celebrated. We we speak about like when they go to, you know, a place like Japan, do some crits and show off and have a staged mock finish. Mm. Is being that's okay for the sport because it's like, look at us, check this out. This is great. Look at these big guns doing this. Don't know if it's okay at the Nats. Merksy. Harper did say post race that uh, Plappy did have to wait for him, you know, a few k's out to slow up for him. So he must have known he was okay. no chance. You yeah. Know? Well, why did Plappy wait? You know, like what? But uh, yeah, so I guess that's the thing, mm. and that's what we were seeing. Like on one of the climbs, Plappy was kind of distancing him a bit. But if that's the case, then why didn't Plappy ride away from him? Race on, sir. Race on, son. Hey, look good on Harper for fronting up to that. Yeah, and you know? look, maybe he didn't because he wanted to be respectful and yep. didn't want to. But I'm curious as to what people think. I tell you what, it's. We hear a lot, these races, regardless of how they treat them on the day, the build-up, the anticipation, things need to go right. You need to be in the right frame of mind, the right, your body in great shape, your mind feeling good, your, your, everything diet spot on. We hear stories about like, you know, Remco getting disturbed the night before Wollongong with, with kids carrying on, things like that. Um, we hear other stories about, you know, I had a terrible night's sleep because I didn't go, whatever. Uh, sorry, there's Matthew Vanderpool, yes, not yes, Remco, yes. my mistake. 
and then you hear about Fergus Browning, who's hit by a car the day before yeah. the race. I mean, firstly, gold star for the name. Love it. Great Fergus name. Browning. Just Great name. Just a top-notch name. When is uh, he coming on the show, Max? <laughs> I just know. quick segue. I'll put in a call. He's, uh, he's slid into the dance. Yeah, yes. But wow. Uh, he got, yeah, collected by a car the day before. They were scrapping around to even find him a bike to race on. The under-23 race was so good. Yeah. It always is. It's like each and every one of them knows that um, – Pogacar won a Tour de France when <laughs> when he was their age. Yeah. <laughs> and so they've got something to prove. Now, they do – they always race really aggressively. And it, and it's really this dominant force now kind of between ARA, Skip Capital and Team Bridge Lane. Uh, and there's, you know, a little bit of shimmy back and forth. Mm-hmm. But just before Christmas, we had uh, Hank Vogels on. And he, you know, gave a little mention to Jackson Medway. Okay. Loved him. Loved him. Yeah. Very disappointed, though, that he went to Team Bridge Lane. Yeah, okay. <laughs> because he wanted him himself. And not backward in going forward about yeah, those no, stripes. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so I gave both uh, he and Patcher a little bit st- of stick about that at Nationals. But riders like that, the teams are really fighting over. Like, they're so talented. And then Fergus Browning, like, he just was so perfectly watching what the big teams did and – you could see in the way he was, it was playing out that he was like, eh, responsibilities on you. You're in the big team. You're in the big team. Ah, not my job. Right, okay. Come on through for the victory. I, I think it's almost like he had nothing to lose. He was yeah. like, ah, this has kind of been a buggered up approach to the race. So just what the hay. What the hay. Yeah, okay. Good what on the him. What the Like, yeah, that's the early <laughs> wheelhouse medal for, for Valor in the face of adversity, I <laughs> it think. Is. Well, and uh, Lauren Bates cleaned up in the junior women. And uh, I mentioned that mostly because we've now adopted her as another Bates. What's in her name? I don't know if she even knows that yet, but, you know, yep. just putting it out there, Up Lauren. there with Ruby Rose, potentially, Lossa. as Australia's yeah. best yeah. road <laughs> racer since. And um, Lauren Brown's parents at yeah. the end of the road race celebrating. Honestly, I think her dad could be Usain Bolt. Like, how quickly <laughs> they got there. It was okay. really <laughs> impressive. Yeah. I, were they, I were like they that. were they gassed? Were they? It's what, <laughs> sometimes it's watching the reactions of people around that makes it so interesting yes. on the ground because that's what you don't see on the TV. You don't see the fans going bananas, yep. and you don't see the parents frantically running. Or, alternatively, with two laps to go, the parents like shielding their eyes yep. as they come through. Some parents just not wanting to watch at all because they just can't handle the drama. They're worried they're going to fall off. And that's right. One of my favourite reactions ever. It's not in bike racing, but it was State of Origin. It's a crowd shot of a guy getting so excited that he's crying his eyes out and he's he spills his beer everywhere and it's it's oh. more interesting to watch than the try. He's so excited. I like that. I'm, I'm seeing spills a little bit of that in the everywhere. parents. <laughs> yeah. wonder where their beers ended up. Probably still in the hill where they left them. Uh, now let's go to Adelaide on the Wheelhouse podcast. Uh, worth worth checking in, I think, ahead of the Tour Down Under, Catherine. It's a, a big bill this year. I've been so excited... That uh, Lulu mm. himself uh, is coming to town with the full blessing of Patrick Lefevre, of course, <laughs> which is so important in this he sport. He seemed so thrilled when yeah, he announced didn't he it. Just didn't he just? Loved it. Uh, yes, look, he's been spotted out and about. Um, Loving it. Mr. Alaphilippe. Yeah, good weather, at least, kind of. Yeah. Um, I think that the men's tool down under this year is quite interesting because you've got a mix of different riders and different characters and Wollonga Hill is back in uh, and I reckon Richie Port's Strava record might might 
fall. Okay. Might fall. Done. But what I also wanted to point out, uh, I brought my computer into studio today to make sure that I was correct on these statistics, right? Is for the most part, the Tour Down Under has been sprinters who've amassed all of the stage victories, right? So Andre Greipel has the most. Guess how many he's got? 14. 18. 18. 18, right? Robbie oh. McEwen on 12. Caleb Ewan on 9. Okay. Reckon it might get to 10 this year. But the next is Richie Port. So those first four, sprint, sprint, sprint. And then Richie Port. He has eight. Wow. M- most of them on Wollonga. On Wollonga, Right? Yeah, yeah. And so having Wollonga back in is huge because it's been such a huge characteristic. Yeah. Of the race. Because if you go further down the list, you've got Alan Davis, you've got Baden Cook, you've got Graham Brown, Eric Zagel, yep. Zagel, Zabel, uh, Peter Sagan. Sprinters, sprinters, sprinters. You hear that, Merxy? hear that last one? And I then, did hear that one. Where's Impey? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Impey won a few. No, Impey won the race, but uh, not, not the stage. stage. Not the stage. Yeah, I mean, well, the only, yeah, and then Simon Gerrans is in there with five, but he's got a very good kick on him. Right, yeah. so Richie Port's really an outlier in there, and it's because of Wollonga. Wow, and I believe eight the, wins. Yeah, eight wins. That, just, okay. oh, it's really it's pretty impressive, isn't it? I, I so want. I, I, it's good yeah. to see records broken, but yep. gee whiz, I tell you what. No Jay Vine. Yeah. No Jay Vine. No. Um, sadly, he's not going because we're unfortunately not going to be there this year. That's, that's the no, Jay, specific no, reason. Yeah. No, I yeah. know connected, uh, but, yeah. but no, I think actually that Jay's probably now that like he's refocusing. Now that Pogacar's announced Giro yep. and Tour. So I think that he's really kind of stepped up as quite an instrumental member of the support crew. So they didn't go back to Australia at all. No, which is, which is what we're doing. We are focusing yeah. on the Tour de France. Yeah, we're going for the for the GTs. Yeah, focusing absolutely. Focusing hard on them. But you know who is back? Jack Haig. And that is pretty exciting. Um, he's almost like Australia's favourite son when it comes to the potential that is there, but not yeah. quite there. Yeah. And so I think it will be very good to see him on Wollonga as well. I just love seeing uh, the Aussie climbers climb. Yeah. Like normally we see the Aussie sprinters sprint and it's fantastic, but we don't really get to see the Aussie climbers climb. Give them a chance to climb. Give them a chance uh, to climb. Let climb on home soil. It's all we're asking. Oh, well, wait, you're doing that. It's, Thank but you. the ladies, yes. they go up Wollonga. This year. Cool. Hello, Sarah Gigante. Enjoy that, Sarah. Go on, Giggles. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll reveal your birthday present if you win. Yeah. We'll, we'll spoil it. If, the, uh, if you look at the stage results from the women, and they have shorter tours, so it's a little bit more skewed, but on the top of the list, four stage wins, Chloe Hosking, sprinter. Sprinter. Right? And then next is Amanda Spratt. She's a tremendous climber, but more of a almost roller if you're talking about um, internationally. Mm. So, and then Annette Edmondson, two stage wins, Just sprinter. Some of these names. Yeah. See, but you yeah. put Wollonga in, get in there, Giggles. Rewrite history. Rewrite history. In okay. the history of the race, we've only had one international winner, mm-hmm. uh, Ruth Winder, um, which was delightful, Joel, over the years that people have called her Winder or Winder. Mm-hmm. And it's been really interesting I- explaining to the foreign riders why we why we could get confused with window or wine. Oh yeah. English is like yeah. the language quirks. Yeah. Uh, but she retired. But guess what? She's back. She uh, was like, Ah, I've done enough in this sport and then she was like, Ah, nah. actually I don't think I have. Life outside the sport more. sucks. I'm back. It is the era of the comeback. It really is. It is. So I hope that we have another Aussie winner, but yeah. Merxy, what do you mm. think? Guys, 
we aren't there this year, but we do have a reporter. And um, I hope you like it. Can you just talk about Molly? We do. Yeah, we, we do. do. Uh, it's it's so look. We we searched far and wide because the wheelhouse. We have tentacles all over the world. <laughs> but what we decided we needed was a genuine correspondent who really knows the sport, who's very good on camera and just a good good all round communicator to get out and give us some nuance and insight that you just you can't necessarily get when you're not there on the ground. And, and we found Molly, Kate. We did, uh, yeah, look, Molly is very impressive. She's an 11-year-old uh, from Victoria. Now, I've met her at the Tour Down Under before. She's been like a mini correspondent for Chicks Who Ride Bikes and done an amazing job. And um, Jordana found that when she was asking some riders some questions, she'd get an entirely different answer uh, than if then 9-, 10- or 11-year-old Molly asked the questions. And so at Nationals, I said, Molly, do you want to – do you want to – do some interviews and for secretly me. audition for the wheelhouse exactly. at the same time. Well, yeah. so she interviewed Loretta Hansen and Tiff Cromwell. <laughs> it was brilliant. Awesome. Uh, she went away and wrote her question. She was great. But the biggest piece of information I got that Loretta Hansen had not told anybody in any other interview, P.S. Wheelhouse scoop uh, is that her uncle was there, very big supporter, cheering for her. It was very important for Loretta uh, to have family out on course. Uh, Joel, he was dressed in fancy dress. Any idea what like what would you dress up as in fancy dress if you were going to your niece's uh, national championships race? Uh, Some, it, uh, in my niece specifically, yeah, like uh, what a would giant you dress watermelon. up as? A giant watermelon. Yeah. Well, at least you're in the right genre. Yeah. Food. Uh, he dressed up as a deviled egg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a legend! <laughs> and that is a genuine it's, scoop. It is. But in the interview, I thought I heard devil's leg. And so after the interview, I said, Loretta, I'm sorry. What? 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 Yeah. And she was like, oh, no, no, deviled egg. And I was like, I don't know if that's any better, but okay. What is a deviled egg? I don't yeah. understand. Deviled egg's yeah. like a, 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 a boiled egg cut in half with some curry and whatnot. It is. Well, you take yeah. the um, – I know this because I had to Google it. Yeah. Uh, again, I had a microphone in my hand for five hours, Joel. Like, you've got to do what you've got to do. You've got to you do your research. You scoop the inside – you boil the egg, you cut it in half, you scoop out the yolk, yeah. you mix it with mayonnaise and spice and all that sort of jazz and you put it back in. Yeah. And it's something that your Auntie Sue or your Auntie Kathy would serve. Oh, 100%. Yeah, know. grew up with them on, on most yeah. most platters at family, yeah. family gatherings. I mean, I, I think the general rule should be no deviled eggs before a road trip. I'd, look, Courtesy? I think even before joining a, a peloton, if you unless you're planning <laughs> on breaking away and staying away, or yeah. or just well, dropping back, yes, don't do it. Anyway, but you know what? Well, look, we digress. But Molly will be uh, reporting for us. She will be giving us like daily wraps. That, so you know check what? The and social at, media uh, at her great. tender age, obviously nine, ten. She's eleven. She's eleven. Yeah. Nine, she's, ten. She's, 11. she's her school captain, I might add. Oh, Molly, she's, and fits uh, well into the wheelhouse budget. Yeah, too, we've really gone stage. to the top notch. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome aboard, Molly. Looking forward to hearing yeah. your your reports. And if you want to hear what Molly has done so far, you sure can do that. Jumping on the social media pages yes. and see some yep. of her work. We're not we're not talking her up for no good reason. Put it no, that way. no. Yeah. I mean, you could. You it could. was it was Bradley Wiggins or Molly, and Wiggins has a bit of a temper, so we went <laughs> with Molly. <laughs> yeah, sorry, he Bradley. Was busy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you actually jump on the the chicks. Uh, sorry, social. sorry, Sir Bradley. Is Sir it? Bradley. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Um, you can see her interviews, I think, from some past years. Great. Like, it's quite cool to see how she's developed as well. Well, welcome cool. aboard. The team expands yes, in 2024. Expands. That's fantastic. Now, uh, fantastic. Looking forward to Adelaide. We'll keep, mm. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll unpack it all in the next episode. But let's talk, <coughs> excuse me, about extreme sport. 
Yes. Because I think cycling is an extreme sport. I think looking at some of those descents in wet weather uh, in the Alps, mm. some of the intensity, some of the crashes, doesn't even matter. It is an extremely extreme sport. Makes sense for a brand extremely associated extreme. with extreme, extreme sports mm. to come on board. And that's what's happening, Kate. Tell yes. me more about Red Bull yes. coming to cycling. Well, Red Bull uh, has decided to acquire oh. a 50 cent stake of Bora Hansgrohe uh, cycling team. Does that mean they become Red Bull Bora Hansgrohe? Or no, like I, do, I believe that it's not, and they're not naming, they've just of the organisation. Okay. Um, and so, look. You know, watch this space to see what it really means. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the underlying current see is that they tend not to invest in something that they can't make fairly profitable. Mm. They've done a pretty good job. They've got a reasonably uh, good instinct. Yeah, they've for given that. their yep. shareholders wings. I'll, yep. I'll say that. Yeah. And so for them to invest in cycling yeah. means that they see the potential that we all know is there. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. for the most part, the sport's done a pretty rubbish job of commercialising it. They're seeing the potential, and that's really great news. It's awesome. It's great news. I mean, we've seen Wout van Aert in years past with the Red Bull helmet on, mm -hmm. um, even within his team. So we know that they're in and around the sport, but it's more been in individual players. Tom uh, Pitcock. And so, yeah, Tom yeah, Pitcock is another one. Tommy Feathers is an athlete with wings, um, hence Feathers. Yeah. Um, but no, and no, going from just athlete to team is a huge progression it uh, is. Commercially, so it's, yeah. it's huge. It they've really got a is. few females, like Femme Van Empel um, is one in mountain yep. bike. They've got a fairly good history. And in fact, if you go back for even around the Rio Olympics, mm. Red Bull did all the TV coverage for mountain bike World Cups. Yep. And I know that because I had to commentate the mountain bikes at the Rio Olympics. Yep. And so I wanted to go back and watch all of the World Cups. And that's where I found it on Red Bull TV. Did you find yourself TV. using words like rad, gnarly, stoked uh, during that commentary? Look, mountain step? bike's not too bad. It's the BMX. BMX gets okay. Oh, <laughs> BMX. I, I, gets look, your I nail on. I don't pretend to have the correct words okay. uh, all the time for BMX. But, yeah, look, I, I think that they've seen the potential in mountain bikes and all that sort of stuff. And so now to move that across to road. Yes. Yeah. It shows that there's more they can do. It's... Truly, I think cycling does a pretty rubbish job as a whole of putting the writers' stories out there. Like the Netflix, how good was that? Yeah. But where's the next one? Where's other things jumping I off that? I completely agree. And yeah. the fact that even I, I spoke about Loretta Hansen's mum before, Heather Kelson, I don't think many people – I think I've seen it in one or two articles, but mm. it's not – even things like that, family connections, stories, really getting to know writers – I just don't think that, as a sport, we do a very good do job it, of, enough it. of it. And okay. Red Bull creates content. Merxy, they own like a big content house, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they make their own productions. But it's a bit yeah. of a cooler brand than a, uh, a floor glue company, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> just, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> but you, you kind of forget, actually, that Red Bull's a drink. I mean... Oh, yeah. And actually, it, it doesn't have shareholders, it's, Catherine. It's private. their genesis. Oh, and they're a private, private company. company. Well, there you go. Well, okay. Well, they're giving wings to that family then. Yeah. What can I say? That's even more wings <laughs> to the family. But, uh, it, you know, yeah. like they're a drink company, but that's almost secondary to this amazing content and stuff. Oh, that they make. See, They're a um, movement. Max Verstappen racing you know, someone on a bike. It's about how you feel watching it and what it inspires you to do, not about yeah. the drink. Yep. 
Okay. Welcome aboard. Yes. Uh, Red Bull. Still I mean, let's be honest. Don't have too much caffeine, to folks. No, you I'm not going to drink sleep. it. But um, happy to see them involved. You might be irritated with too. the sport. <laughs> Just a couple. <laughs> uh, a, a few other items we'd like to tick off. And I should also mention episode seventy-six, series mm. series two, episode one, episode seventy-six overall. There yep. you go. Yep. Now, flashy. Yep. Some new names, some new jerseys in the peloton to look out for. This year, who's got yeah, you excited? I, you know, I think that jerseys, this is an interesting one because when I first saw the Liv Jacob Alula jersey, I was like, good heavens. Mm. And then I saw the explanation about, you know, ties to land and sea and I thought, well, that's quite meaningful and that's quite nice. But I'm not sure if I believe it. I mean, it's a great story, but I'm not really necessarily sure. You're not sold. Well, I, not that one matches the other. Beautiful story, but I'm not sure mm. that the design necessarily shows it like perhaps you could. But New Year, we've how many times have we spoken about the changing team names? Oh, at, at least 30 oh, times. The number of times I had to pause over the weekend when commentating to make sure I was getting the name, the team name right. Mm. But so it's uh, Jayco Alula or Live Jayco Alula, so that's not too difficult. It's um, hard, it's hard to attach yourself. But there's still people talking about Green Edge or Orica <laughs> or all these sorts of things. But there hasn't been any major jersey changes. I really like the new Bora. Uh, nice strip jersey change. Nice yeah. strip. Yep. And um, Merxy, I reckon one of the reasons they've really changed has to do with Sargon. I know that he wasn't riding for them when he retired, but I think now that he's Really out of road, Bora's like gone for a new identity. Sargon Peter. Are they linked? I don't know. It's all it's all about Roglic. It's all about yeah, mm. Roggy. So exciting. Ask uh, Pete next time you're chatting, Merxy, though, because I'd love to know. Well, he but, was uh, mountain biking in the snow yesterday. Oh, yeah. as you do. As Sounds you do. quite good. At his but resort. He's got long hair. Jeez, he's looking good. <laughs> it's An absolute Adonis. We did talk, <laughs> we did talk about, of course, the fact that uh, AG two R La Mondiale Citroen. Oh, how many I, words I are wanted there in to there? ask the question. That they changed the Knicks. Has they, they haven't. Retracted that they decision? They haven't retracted oh, it. No, okay. but there was <laughs> a couple of riders um, that finished the cyclocross that were completely covered in mud and that uh-huh. looked like they had brown nicks on. And some people were like, you've made a mistake. Look how popular the brown look nicks are. Look how cool are. they look. <laughs> yes. Yes. But it's, you know, and speaking of the teams and the name changes and everything, we've again over the holiday season had an eruption in the discussion around ride it like around the whole world tour and can we change it and should we make it smaller and yeah what can we do bigger and what can we do and and i think that's um you know to 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 add a bit to the rundown on the go i think that's a really interesting point because richard plug from yumbo now yumbo lisa bike Mm -hmm. no more (laughs) i had to pause for a second there i was like isn't it lisa bike visma lisa bike bike. see here we go now He's come out and he said, ah, Jake Paul, you know, the martial yeah, arts yeah, fella. Boxer. So well, he's a social media star turned boxer. Right. Yeah. He said whenever he goes anywhere, he gets absolutely mobbed by fans. Well, he, he Why can, aren't the cyclists yeah. getting mobbed by fans? Do you think it, I just don't know that it's fair to draw that comparison. No, that's not, that, that's, I'm sorry, but like this, this guy started out as a Nickelodeon kid when he was like eight, was massively famous for that, then became a YouTube, one of the first YouTube sensations. Now is punching on with heavyweight champions and beating them. So yeah, he's got a big, big global profile in that respect, mm. and is in that American machine. So I don't know if it's a fair comparison. No, I'm not devaluing the achievements of cyclists who are effing amazing right no. across the world, but the exposure isn't the same. But 
Jonas Vingegaard is hardly exciting. <laughs> and that's the thing too. Like this is a this guy. It, it, really good point. He's Lair. He's an outspoken. Can be. It does it for a good reason. It's all worked out very precisely to get reactions and to upset people, and people love it. Well, I, I mean, so I thought. If it's all about kind of influences, right? Like that's what Jake Paul is. Mm. Paul Jake, Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Oh my god! Right. See, I, I mean, it's not my demographic, so I know the story, but I don't wouldn't know what he looked like. Yeah. But if you're talking about influences in the cycling sphere, like Jonas Vingegaard isn't really the personality I would think to I do that. I can't see like Jake Paul will come out and say, "Hey, guy that I'm going to fight, can't wait to knock your face out." I can't see Jonas coming out and saying, "Hey, uh, Remco, can't wait to uh, leave, don't wait to distance you on the climb." Terrible accent. But you get I what I mean? He's never so, ever going to do that. Well, so I put into um, Chat GPT. I asked it. Um, I said. Who would be best suited from the world tour cycling? Who would be best suited as influencers? Right. In cycling. Well, unfortunately, we've just <laughs> right? Sargon Peter, but we've lost him. Well, he's top of the list he's according to AI. Yeah. Um, Matthew Vanderpool. Yes. Yeah. He's I'll... number two. Number three in the cookie jar. Wout Van Aert. Well, you, know, you didn't need chat. You don't need chat. GP. We would have nailed this list. I know. This yeah. is. Who this says, list writes who, itself. There, there's no artificial intelligence here. There's just standard. Yes. Uh, Pogacha. Yep. Um, Lizzie Dugnan. Good to see Lizzie oh, there. I'm okay. going to say Alison Jackson. Alison Jackson. Alison Jackson. Yep. Good um, one. The best. Yep. Formidable is how they describe the ladies. Um, Annemiek van Vloten. Uh, yep. I mean, she could still really be on the influencer front. Yep. Uh, Philippe. Juju. That's Come a on. beard. We knew that. And, and the little, yeah, the little facial hair. Yep. yep. Getting a bit older. Popping the chest Getting a bit out. old. Well, maybe you can Well, that means you get a bit of silver in shave your beard. It. Yes, yeah. shave it. Silver Fox. You fellas have, you know, come in with a new year, new facial Much hair. to the Maybe dismay of Lulu my wife and my bathroom sink. Yes, I have. Uh, and the final one on the list was Geraint Thomas. We're going over, okay. but mm. I'm just going to put it to you. Who is the coolest person in cycling? Ooh. Come on. Oh, the coolest person in cycling. Oh. You mentioned Ali Jackson. I think there's a good shout for just, as in presenting mm. with, uh, you are just a really cool person. You are cool. And everything yeah. you say is cool and the way yep. you carry yourself is cool. Yep. I don't know if I'd say in the whole sport, but that just is a massive standout. Need yep. more people like for it. For yep. me. Okay. And, and that kind of... Per- and when we're talking about the likes of... Sorry to do that, no, but I'm excited. You're pointing at me with the I'm sloth sorry, on I'm your I'm doing hand. this because I'm excited. When we're talking about the Logan Pauls and those personalities that, that, that capture imaginations, hers is the type that we need we do. in the sport. I really like Puck Moonen. She's a Belgian rider and she's really cool. Yep. She just... She's a bit of a badass. She does road. She does mountain bike. She does cyclocross. She's not on the world tour at the moment, but she has been in the past. Are we expanding like cool to outspoken? Because mm. Demi Vollering, if you're oh, going into outspoken, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think is, has merit as yeah. someone who can turn it's heads. funny. We, her name came up a bit at the Nationals, people just talking about the season that's been and what's coming. And um, really mixed emotions around yeah. Demi Nation. Polarising. She does. She gets people speaking. Absolutely. So that's... Um, I wouldn't leave front. your boy off a list. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mercy, but Honestly. you can't. You can't have a cool list without Wout Van Aert. No, no, he's got great hair. He does. I'm going to say hair. Tom Pidcock. He's cool. He's very cool. But one uh, more. Tom Bonin, oh, yeah. if I can. Oh well, his legs are immortal. Le- his legs are the coolest legs yeah. in cycling. Yeah. Sorry, Mercy. Sorry. No, I was going to say Lockie Morton. Oh, he's riding cool. on the road. Yeah, much, see, he's super, super cool. cool. What about Logan Martin? Lock. If we're going to go across. 
oh, disciplines here. Logan from Logan. Logan from Logan. I agree. Super cool. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. And uh, I think that when we're looking through these names, we just have to think about, you know, where they align with real life. And that's why I give an extra point to Tom Pidcock because uh, Merxie and I over the holidays have been digesting The Artful Dodger. Oh, yes, Disney. of course. Yeah. And he looks like he looks like The Artful Dodger. The actor in that's um what's his name? He's uh, the Freddie, same um, uh, kid that's in uh, Love Actually. Freddie Highmore, isn't it? You I know think? the little no, I don't no think wrong so. kid. He's, I'm a, getting he's mixed the kid up. out of Love Actually, and he does a very good job. Yeah, he was in the the Sex Pistols series that they did, uh, and he was fantastic as the manager in that See, too. It's you know I haven't seen them in the same room at the same time. It, it, I'll that's tell you what I'm his saying. name isn't. Freddie Highmore. I'm getting it mixed up with another young star of the era, but this kid is really good. I don't know. I'm anyway. on looks, not names. <laughs> and yes. back to, I, I also reckon Tade. He's cool. Tade he is cool. cool. Very cool. Yeah. And you know what I love about him is he he will speak out against shit that he doesn't agree. He will just say, no, that's ridiculous. Mm. Like, like with his partner, when people say Pog's girlfriend, he'll be out on he social media going, what are, you, what are you talking about, dickhead? That's I'm what, actually going to use this as a really good segue because... At the Nationals, I don't. did you see the video I put up on social media of all the fellas' bikes at the start? Yes. And because I was on the start line of the under-23s and I was like, this is some serious tech. Like, mm. in the last decade, we have just upped our game where every rider on the start line just has beautiful equipment. And um, speaking of Pogacar, mm-hmm. it reminds me that they they saw a massive shift because they're now like counted as the number one team in the world, and so Colnago, you know, build themselves as the number one bike because the number as one riders yeah. ride it. Yep. But the bikes that they ride, uh, it's the first time they ride V four Rs that a Colnago has been designed by anyone other than Ernesto Colnago, and that is because it's beautiful old Italian brand, but it was kind of seen as a little bit old school. Um, my dad's still got one sitting in awesome. in the uh, shed at home, actually. It's beautiful. I, I, I dare not touch it. Um, but they thought, oh, people when they went to ride Colnago said, oh, really? Like Pogaccia on a Colnago? Yeah. I don't know about that. So Pogaccia said, no, I, I want to still keep riding them, yep. but you have to work with me. And so they worked super closely uh, with the UAE guys, especially Pogaccia, and completely redesigned the frame of the bike. And it's now... Essentially, you know, the the high, highest performance frame in the world. Well, good news. But the news. first one, first Colnago not designed by Ernesto Colnago. Incredible. It's and, very cool. Uh, you, can get, you can get one for yourself. And, and Pog knows mm. it. He loves it for its blend of aerodynamic stiffness and weight optimization. If you're not looking for that as a, as a biker at any level, I don't know what you're looking for. But it's, you know, it, it was interesting because looking at the start line, there's a lot of riders who have team bikes, but then there's a lot who don't have team bikes and yep. they've chosen their own and purchased their own. And that's where you kind of get a bit of a litmus test of what the good ones are. Reckon well, there was any flat yeah. batteries there? Don't think so. I don't think there I think everyone's gear was charged. There. But I did learn that... Um, they're making more, like one big thing I noticed is the tyres were a lot wider than yep. what we've seen in the past. Um, bigger bag, we call it. And that the forks were also wider in order to accommodate that. Okay. So some of the tyres they were riding were like up to kind of 32, 34. You know, I'm a big advocate bag for tyres. Tires. Which, and yeah. back in my day, I would ride 
23. Wow. So that's a big change. And they've well, had to it's change like you the were frame ice skating. design. Yeah. But you wouldn't have been able to fit these tyres in the old bike, especially with rim brakes. Yeah, okay. Um, so from a tech perspective, it's yeah, it's really cool. Come a long way. And yeah. good news for you if you do happen to be in the Brisbane region and you're after a cold Nargo and to do what Pog does, because that's now an opportunity that you can take advantage of because there's a new cold Nargo showroom in Dara, which is <gasps> west is. of Brisbane, all new and a, a chance to get in and, and showcase. Now... We have a a, a, a a lovely relationship with Bike Bug and a discount code as well. And all I want to say is that the code wheelhouse in lowercase, if applied to a Colnago, is a really significant saving. <laughs> yes. Not yes. to be sniffed at. Not to be it's sniffed just, at. It's just, just putting it out there. Yeah, wheelhouse 10. It'll get you 10% off. Wheelhouse yeah, 10. There you but go. W- yeah, when you're talking about, you know. Or you can be cheeky and say, it's Wheelhouse end. 50. Oh, hang on. Is yeah. it Wheelhouse 10 or Wheelhouse? I thought it was just Wheelhouse. But oh, I, Wheelhouse I, I, for a 10% discount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't oh, confuse so. our thousands of listeners. Honestly, debates. honestly. You were right, Joel. You let me go on a holiday and this is what happens. No, that's all right. But we'll, just Wheelhouse. So it was, oh, we've, we've changed the code. Great. Well, uh, there's that and I just and I called it uh, Yumbo Lisa Bike. So I'm on fire today. Oh, mate. I, I live <laughs> on fire. So it's no, no issue at all. But uh, there you go. Wheelhouse. Just Wheelhouse for a 10 percenter uh if you're in and around or if you love colnagos that much get in the car come up to brizzy check out the new showroom yeah get yourself a colnago or of course anything else on bikebug.com like your mountain bike shoes which looked very very spiffy they do look spiffy they'll look even spiffier when i can fit them when on they my fit. feet yep. now before we go i've got one for you go Joel. i've read go, that a yeah. heap of the world tour athletes like a heap yeah. when they're feeling a little bit stressed do you know what they're doing what lego they're building Lego. And do you know what the hot ticket item for the professional cyclists is in the Lego world? Please tell me it's the Millennium Falcon. It is. Oh, is it really? Yes. Yes. To, so a couple of them have <laughs> bought them. Uh, Fred Wright. Um, Wright said, Fred, we love him in here. Uh, he has He's not bought it yet because <laughs> it's a reward for him. He's <laughs> like, I haven't earned it yet. But when I do, that. I've got it on my list. I love that. So, so he's just starting with like, like a little freighter or a little S-wing or something and he's going to earn the Falcon. Yeah, yep. Good he's set him. himself some goals and said, when I achieve X, then the Millennium Falcon, Lego. Millennial? Millennium. 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 He's a oh, hero of the, the rebellion. Star Wars one here. That, that's yeah. okay. No, we, we, so we're working on that. No worries So at all. you now have less degrees of separation with the World Tour Cyclists. There's always a path that leads to Star Wars. I say that in life, uh, in everything you do, in life, love, and everything in between. This is the Wheelhouse Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. And I'm actually saying it's Season 2 and a half. It is. Because we started July the year before. But we never actually said that's the end. We just sort of stopped for a bit then came back. But this year we're coming back and saying we're actually back for a fresh season. So next week we might start doing one of those previously on the Wheelhouse segments. But that's totally up to Mercy because... He'd have to do it all. So we might not do that because Murphy has a lot on his plate. And if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be here. So thank you to him. And thank you to everyone else who is part of the Wheelhouse family. It's lovely to be back with you. Uh, Virtual fist bump. Virtual (laughs) fist bump with the sloth. And hello to everyone who, like me, enjoys a bike ride at any pace, at whatever level of the sport you are at. We have got you covered right here. So like, share, subscribe. Tell everyone you know. Catherine Bates. Until next time. Adieu. Ding, ding.